open your Bibles to the Gospel of Luke, Luke chapter 1, verse 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. May God bless the reading from his holy word, please. Be seated. So once again, good afternoon. We now come to the study of God's Word, and I hope that your Bibles are open, your minds and heart are open to receive God's instruction for us today. Now, Christmas is such the most exciting, most festive, most awaited time. Okay, how many of you love Christmas season? Raise your hand. All right, great. So I love Christmas. Christmas is special to my heart. Christmas is very special to Bradford Church. You just have to look around and see how, how special is this season for us because it's a time for us to really reflect on how God so loved the world that He came. Amen? He came and be with us. But Christmas season also can bring disaster. <laughs> Christmas season can also bring chaos and catastrophe. You know, sometimes with all our plans for Christmas, with all our preparations for Christmas, sometimes bad things can happen, <laughs> right? Some things, our plans won't happen, and we get so disappointed, we, we get anxious and worried, and sometimes we're angry, when our plans are not met, all right? Now, the Christmas season is a stressful season. People can be so stressed with all the, you know, the buying, the giving of gifts, and during this time, your ina-anak will start texting you, will start giving you calls, and you're planning for Noche Buena, and a lot of Employees right now are already wondering, will the bonus and the 13-month pay ever come? And also the, the owners, those employers are also wondering, can we afford to give 
our employees 13-month pay or bonuses. So this is exciting, but this is also, you know, a stressful season. And how do we cope with stress? So we continue with our study. We've been studying for the last four weeks now about how to live confidently in the Lord in a chaotic world. And we've been trying to learn some principles in the Bible surrounding the coming of Christ. We are told that there will be terrible times, that life will be difficult, you know, before the coming of Christ. And, and that is not only true to the second coming, but it was also true to the first coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The world was not as peaceful as we thought it was before the coming of Christ. You know, in between the Old Testament and the New Testament, there's what you call 400 silent years. And those silent years were dark years. There were so many wars going on. God's people were in darkness. People were gloomy. There were so many catastrophes that happened. And so, the days, the months, the years prior to the first coming of Christ was marked by darkness. All right? And so, we can learn from those people. So, this month of December, we go back to the narratives again to the people involved in the first Christmas on how they remained confident, how they were hopeful, how they cope with the stresses of life in order for them to obey and follow the Lord's will for their lives. All right? So we continue with that series, and part five of our series is entitled, Stay Committed. Stay Committed. Can you still remember the first four? All right? Let's try to review if you can remember. What's the first one? Stay calm. See? When difficulties come, you come, you stay calm. The Lord says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. And then what's the second one? Stay connected. Our connection to the right people, our connection to the body of Christ is so significant in order to help us, assist us when we go through trials when we go through difficult situations. Going through difficult situations alone is a terrible thing. That's why it's good that we are part of a Bible-believing, Christ-centered, Christ-loving church. Stay connected. And then what's the third one? Stay centered. See? Stay centered. Stay focused. And remember, we were studying Colossians chapter 3, Right? that the Bible tells us to set our minds and our hearts on Christ, to set our minds and hearts on things above, not on earthly things. It's, it's so vital that when we are going through shaky times, when the world is chaotic, it's important that we Christians are focused on the right thing and on the right person. And our focus should be our Lord Jesus Christ. What's the fourth one? Our lesson last Sunday. Stay contented. You know, when things are, old prices are rising high, muragtanan gasaka, no? Ang edad na ko, ning saka. Ang gasoline, ning saka. Ang high blood pressure sa mga mama karon ning saka. Everything is going up. It's important that our mindset 
you know, stay the same. Be content. Be satisfied. Right? Our world today is pressuring everyone to be discontent. Alright? Everyone to be dissatisfied. But it's important when things are not going well, it's important that you and I, you know, find our greatest satisfaction in God. Amen? Alright. So, today, we talk about fifth lesson. Stay committed. Are you committed to something? Some people are so afraid of commitment. And I'm just so happy that two people earlier made a commitment to love each other. So again, congratulations, <laughs> Blessed and Charmaine. All right? To commit is difficult. Okay? Now, our lesson today comes from this portion in the gospel where you find the annunciation. Okay, do you know the annunciation? What is the annunciation? Of course, that's... That's where the angel Gabriel visited Mary and announced the coming of the Messiah. Now, by the way, how many Catholics do you have here this afternoon? If you're a Catholic, just raise your hand. Come on. If you're a Catholic, raise your hand. All right? <laughs> okay, good. Now, do you know when is the Feast of the Annunciation? Now, those of you who are here this morning, keep quiet. When is the Feast of the Annunciation? March 25, how did you know? Okay. Oh, I thought because you were in this morning. Okay. The Feast of the Annunciation is celebrated by the Christian Church every March 25. Alright? Every March 25. And sometimes the Annunciation, okay, falls on the same week as Calvary Week. Alright? But the Annunciation is a joyful feast among Catholics because that's the time that's the, the time wherein Mary was conceived through the Holy Spirit. Alright? And so it's so easy to count. You count nine months after March 25, and that's why you get December 25 as our traditional date for the birth of Christ. Alright? So we say traditional because we don't know exactly. <laughs> Alright? So we are not dogmatic that it should be December 25. You can be dogmatic that my birthday is December 25 because that's very clear in my birth certificate. <laughs> Alright? But about Christ's birth, we just say, well, tradition tells us it's December 25, but it started with the Annunciation. Okay? And I want you to focus on Mary because if there's one person who experienced a great interruption in her life, it's Mary. Now, go back again to the story. Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph. They were already engaged in Jewish wedding. There were three stages. First one, of course, there's the meeting. Meeting up. The parents would meet, agree. And then the second stage of Jewish wedding is the betrothal stage where there are, they are what? They are engaged, but not in the same way that you know, we have our engagement. They are engaged in that level, they are already considered married, but they are not yet to sleep together. They are still to have their separate lives. Because during this stage, usually it, it's a longer stage, because during this stage, the husband is to prepare a home for the wife. And they are not to see each other. If they're going to see each other, it's going to be what? A scandal. Alright? To make sure also there are other reasons, there are other factors 
The reason also why they're not supposed to meet, to make sure that the wife is a virgin. Alright? To make sure that during that stage, you know, the belly of the wife will not swell. Otherwise, oh, Alright? So this is prior to the miraculous conception of, of Mary. Alright? So that was the reason. Okay? They were not to stay together to make sure that when they are wedded, alright, the wife is really a virgin. Now, what is the implication if during the betrothal period suddenly the wife's belly swell? You know, that would be what? That would be a sign of infidelity, adultery, and the husband could actually what? Two things. The husband could have his wife executed for adultery, stoned to death, or second, he could actually divorce. See? Now, that was the choice of Joseph but we will talk about Joseph next Sunday. So let's go first to the side of Mary. How did Mary respond to this interruption? You know, she had already made her simple plans. Marry and live a simple life in Nazareth because both Joseph and Mary were from Nazareth, no? So it was just a simple, you know, but then a disaster came because now, Mary turns from a simple wife-to-be, a simple mother, a sim simple you know, married woman in Nazareth, turns to a bearer, the mother of none other than what? The Messiah, the Son of God, the Savior of the world. Now, can you imagine the stress, the pressure? See? So that was the situation. How... How is Mary going to respond to such big interruption to her plans? Now, how she responded to this is important for us to understand in order for us to commit ourselves to the Lord. Now, are you ready? How to stay committed to God when He interrupts your plans, my plans? Here's the first one. Mary did a soul-searching on God's Word. So write that down, soul searching. What is soul searching? Do you do soul searching once in a while? If you try to Google soul searching, this is what came out in the CollinsDictionary.com. Soul searching is a long and careful examination of your thoughts and feelings, especially when you are trying to make a difficult decision in life. See, that's how... The secular world would define soul-searching. And in our text, that is exactly what Mary did. Now, let's go back to the text, all right? Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. So first, the first reaction of Mary was the reaction of any human being. When you experience a great news whether it's good news or bad news, when you're not ready for it, it will make you what? It will trouble you. And, and that was it. She was greatly troubled. The word here, diatarasso, you know, explains 
what Mary felt during the time. Now, the, the, the root word is taraso, and taraso simply means to be stirred up, to be perplexed, to be troubled. But then there's a prefix, dia, which intensifies the word. That is why in the NIV translation, it says greatly troubled. So it's a good translation. Because the word greatly there don't appear in the original, but it is in the word itself. Mary was greatly troubled. He was diatarasso, intensely confused, perplexed. You know, sometimes, sometimes we think that, you know, as Christians, when you have problems because you're a Christian, because you're a spiritual person, you should be composed. I can handle this. You know? Now, sometimes I don't think, you know, that should be the case. I think God gives us the allowance to really tremble, to be vulnerable, all right? So it doesn't mean that this is Mary, that, you know, because this is Mary, she should not be in trouble, you know, because she's Mary. Oh, no. The Mary in the Bible, the Mary, the historical Mary was greatly troubled. Right? She was really a human being like you and me. When, when we receive bad news, when we experience interruptions, when we experience the unexpected in our lives, we experience difficulties and troubles in heart. And that was, that was the, the feelings of Mary. She was just vulnerable to unexpected things. And just like any other woman, she was greatly troubled. All right? But here's the thing. I don't want us to focus on the greatly troubled. I want us to focus on this verb. Wondered what kind of greeting this might be. Now, by the way, let me give you a tip. In order for you to understand, if you are really serious into God's Word, right? Like, we are serious in God's Word here in Bradford. So that's why I've been recommending to you again and again, you need to download the the Discovery Bible app. <laughs> because it's there, it gives you the nuances. It gives you, like, when you go to this passage in the Discovery Bible, it gives you the markings of this word. And this word, wondered, you know, has, it's a very special word. All right? Now, first, let's try to, if you don't have the Bible app, if you have several Bibles, or if you, if you have you know, internet connection, you can simply go through different translations of this verse. Like, for example, this is from the NIV. We'll look, look at NASB, New American Standard Bible, and this is how it translates the phrase. But she was very perplexed. Take note of the word very. Dia, terrazzo, at this statement. And notice the word there, kept pondering. All right? Kept pondering. Now, that is a good translation because the tense of that verb is imperfect. All right? And what is, what is the implication if a verb is imperfect in Greek? You imagine a thing that is repeated. It's like a motion picture. You go back and forth. You go back and forth. You could imagine Mary doing like this. That's what she was doing based on the tense of this verb. Kept pondering. So the word there... Exactly, is dia. There's the word again, dia, intensifies the next word. The next word is logizomai. Logizomai. 
Alright? Something to do with mind, logic. He was reasoning. She was reasoning. She was going back and forth, contemplating on these things. And friends, that's what we can learn from Mary's example. When the unexpected would come to your life, when you are, when you are confronted with, with a big decision, don't make a decision right away. Do a soul searching first. See? And I think God allows it. See? God is not saying, oh, you have no choice, Mary. This is it. This is the program for you. You are going to be the mother. Okay? Say yes immediately. See? God allowed her to do this. I mean, there, you don't find in the text that Mary was corrected by the angel. No. So I would say that Mary was on the right track when she responded to the call of God. She was doing a soul-searching. Contemplating is another word for that. She was reflecting. All right? Another word to translate that is that she was even struggling with that unexpected plan of God. And friends, sometimes, sometimes it's not only it's not only suggested, but sometimes it's really necessary that we wrestle with God and His Word. Not in the sense wrestle that we resist it, no. Wrestle, when you wrestle with God, it means you reason with Him. Alright? You try to understand Him. And friends, when we wrestle with God's Word, when we wrestle with God's plan, you know the advantage? When you wrestle with God, it will change your life for the better. Alright? And one good example of that is in the Old Testament. Remember Jacob in, in Genesis 32? You find Jacob wrestling with, with God. And you know the outcome of that wrestling with God? God made him a different person. God changed his name from Jacob which means what? Heel catcher or deceiver into what? Israel, which means God's fighter or who wrestled with God and overcome. See? His wrestling with God changed him, not for the worse, but to become better. And sometimes, God doesn't want us to just accept without soul searching about it. That's why, friends, if you are going through some tough times in your life today and you're wondering, well, God, are you still with me? You wrestle with God's Word. It's okay not to be okay. I always tell, you know, when during counseling moments and when these counselors would say, Pastor, I'm not okay, I'm not feeling well, what should I do? First thing I, I would tell these people is this, you know what? It's okay when you're not okay. <laughs> You don't have to be okay all the time. It's a stage of life. It's a season of life. But my point is that you don't, you know, remain not okay. See? But it's okay not to be okay sometimes. So this is one of those not okay moments with Mary. <laughs> She's reasoning. See? And, and it says their question, he, he, she, was, she was wrestling with what? She was wrestling with what? She was soul-searching with what? With what? With God's Word. Notice the phrase again. Mary was greatly troubled at what? 
at his words. Now, these were not just words of Gabriel. Remember, Gabriel was just a messenger. These were words of God. So the words that Gabriel communicated to Mary were God's words. And this is what Mary, you know, was trying to reason with. All right? Now, let's go back to the words again. What were the exact words that the angel said? Now, this is from the King James Version, so that we will have a taste, you know, of its, it's like, you know, archaic sound. Like, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. All right? And perhaps some Catholics here would say, Oh, that's part of the rosary. Yes, that's part. Portions of the rosaries were taken from that verse. All right? But I want us to go back to the scripture and I want us to see which part of this is biblical and which part is not. Now, one, number one, the word hail, <laughs> hail, sometimes we think hail. See, the angel worshiped Mary. Hail Mary. Well, the word hail is not a word about worship, it's simply a word that says hi or hello, it's a greeting. But this is the archaic, all right? This is just a greeting. The, the angel is simply greeting Mary, all right? Now, the second phrase, it says there, thou art highly favored. Now, that is true to its original because the word there, okay, the word there is actually is in passive, not in active, all right? Because in the rosary, it says, Hail Mary. What's the next phrase? Full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. Now, well, there's only one difference there. The full of grace. Because if you go back to the original writing of the scripture, that's not a good way to translate it. Mary is not full of grace, but Mary was filled with the grace. All right? Mary was the recipient of grace. She is not the source of grace as what you know, most Catholics believe coming from that interpretation full of grace. But simply, when, when the Bible says, when the angel says, Hail thou, art, Hail, thou art highly favored, it means that you have been graced by God. Now, this is very important to understand. Okay? Because when you are graced by God, when you receive the grace of God, you need to understand it's called grace because you don't deserve it. Alright? So, when, when Mary was graced by God, you don't say there's something so special about her. No. When you receive God's grace, there's nothing in you. When I received the grace of God, there was nothing in me that deserves such grace. Grace is a free gift. And it is based on the prerogative of the giver. Alright? So when I say this is my gift to you, it doesn't mean that you did something. That's why I'm giving you a gift. Because if, if you did something, if there's something special in you, then I give you a gift. That is no longer a gift. It's called a reward. And there's a different Greek word for a reward. This wasn't a reward for Mary. In other words... God chose Mary not for anything in Mary, but it's all because God chose. It was God's sovereign choice. There was nothing in Mary. 
it was all grace of God. See? That's very important. Alright? That Mary was simply receiving a prerogative of the Father to bestow on her a very special task. Alright? Now, of course, there's the phrase, Blessed art thou among women. This phrase, you don't find this in, in some other translation. If you have the NIV, if you have any, get, chances are the Bible you're holding. You read the Bible you're holding now, and you won't find this text. Because that is only found in, you know, a later manuscript. Not in the older one. Okay? So, I don't want to focus there. But my focus is in this phrase. Because this is where the emphasis comes. The Lord is with you. Now, let's go back to Mary. Mary was just preparing for marriage. Alright? A simple girl from the town of Nazareth. A Nazarene. Alright? So simple. Nothing so much written about her in the Bible. And then... She gets the most unexpected news. Alright? Now, I want you to focus on how Mary should take this pressure on her. That she's going to be the carrier, the, the, the bearer. Okay? The Theotokos, that's the term. The Theotokos of the Messiah. Okay? When you say the Theotokos, the bearer of God. Alright? The Theotokos. The one who will carry God in her womb. Alright? Now, this must be so difficult for Mary. Now, friends, listen. It's so difficult to go through Christmas pressures when you're alone. Right? It's so hard to face problems alone. Can you relate? It's so difficult when you go through some problems, you go through some big decisions, and you're alone. And it is even more harder when it's Christmas season. No wonder even, even among our songs, you know, Christmas songs, nagyun ng mga moments of loneliness. Like, on sa mga famous Chris, Chris, Christmas songs na to, nga, lonely. Pasko na sintako. Oh, di ba? Even Christmas, hanap, hanap kita. Alright? Now, what is that in English? Pasko na sintako. It's Christmas, my dear. Hanap, hanap kita. You are vanishing. Uh, sorry, is that the right translation? Hanap man. <laughs> Looking for you. Soul searching for you. Okay, but there are other Chris, Chris, Christmas songs that are also lonely. Kinsa may nakibaw sa Pasko sa mga binilanggo. <laughs> See? It's, it's a song about those who are in prison on Christmas Day and then they, they're out, you know, away from their families. And there's the song like, Miss Kita Kung Christmas. Alright? So, what are these songs all about? These songs simply gives us a picture that, you know, it's so sad that you go through Christmas and then you're alone. It's so sad and it... it destroys the spirit of Christmas. But here's my point, brethren. Mary could not handle this thing on her own. Now, she, of course, as a woman, you know, here's something good with women and men. You know, sometimes, 
or not sometimes, most of the time, women can handle big stuff. You know? Because they're able to what? To express it. They can share it immediately. So they can just call a friend. They can just, you know, talk. And then they, it's easy for them to talk, but not so much with men. Right? And so for Mary, you know, because she's a woman, you know, she had that advantage with this big news. But here's the catch. How could Mary be talking about these things to other women? Do you think these other women would believe her? See? It's so difficult. Can you imagine Mary one time ato si siyang silingan? Na mabuntis ra bako, gikan sa Holy Spirit. Mo ni ang misaya. See? It's so difficult. See? It's, it's not an easy news. Okay? Okay ra tatong news. You know what? Nabuntis bi ako. Okay, and of course, you know the stigma. Because if, 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 if she would start telling people that she's pregnant, you know their culture. She's still on the second stage of marriage and that could cause her death or even, what? Expelled from the society of the Jews. See? So, it's difficult. But here's the good thing, friends. During this moment of difficulty when she's soul-searching and she's alone and of course she wanted to share this to others but it's so hard because of the situation. Here's the most important word that came from the angel. The Lord is with you. Amen? That's something that Mary should soul-search. The Lord is with you. Perhaps some of us are going through the same dilemma today. I don't know what's happening in your life, but you're simply in the middle of a dilemma, you're in the middle of a problem, and you're soul-searching, and you felt you're alone. Now, brethren, I want you to do something for the person next to you. Can you please tell the person next to you, all right? The Lord is with you. Just encourage the person. See? That's why we're in the church. We are supposed to encourage each other here. Amen? Just encourage the person next to you. And kibawka mas mas nandut yung effect na the Lord is with you niya. Napay special touch. The Lord is with you. Alright? Now, mas special pagyud niya if you're seated with your crush. Diba? I've been telling you. I've been telling you lagi every Sunday 4pm make sure you sit with your crush because Pastor Maki would give you some bonus. Diba? Igna dayon. The Lord is with you. And so am I. <laughs> I'm also with you. Alright? The Lord is with you. And friends, of all the things that the angel said, perhaps I would say this is something that was so striking for Mary and for all of us. See? We go through problems, we go through dilemmas in life, but the most important thing of the Christmas season is when God declares, I am with you. In fact, that's the name. That's the other name for Christmas. Emmanuel, remember? Remember what the angel said? The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. And why do we call him Emmanuel? Because the meaning of that word is something at the very heart of the need of the human race, the need for God. Amen? 
Sometimes we thought that the greatest need of man is money. The greatest need of man is possession. If that were the case, then Christmas, in, during Christmas Day, God would have given us, what, a banker? <laughs> no. Because money, things, is not the greatest need of man. The greatest need of man is forgiveness. That's why God gave us a Savior. Amen? Emmanuel, God with us. So that's the essence of Christmas. If we need to do a soul searching, I want you to contemplate on the greatest news of Christmas. That during this time when the world is difficult, when the world is chaos, God meant that you and I be inhabited by Him. God with us. Alright, tell the person next to you, God is with you. Eh? God is with you. Alright? Now, let's continue the narrative. So, the angel said to Mary, Do not be afraid. The Greek word there is phobos, where you get the word phobia. Don't be afraid. Stop being afraid. It's command. And friends, you know that this phrase, do not be afraid, is repeated 365 times in the whole Bible. That means when God gave us the word, God was already determined to give us exactly one do not be afraid verse for every single day of our lives. Why? Because God knew that we as humans, we are prone to be afraid. See? We are afraid about so many things. But here, again, the angel said, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. God grace you, Mary. God gave you the grace, something you don't deserve, but God gave it anyway. You will conceive and give birth to a son. That's something so great. Something that Mary, on her own, she could not handle. I will conceive and give birth. I'm not even totally married, but now I'm going to conceive and give birth to a son. You are to call him Jesus. And this, and this is the prophecy. He will be great. He will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. Now, can you imagine that? Mary is going to be the, the mother of that king. And he, he's no ordinary king. His kingdom is forever. There was no kingdom that was forever. So far, when you go to the history, Mary, if, if Mary learned you know, her, her world, world history, he knew that there were already several kingdoms that actually vanished. You know, the Assyrians came, the Babylonians came, and then the Medo-Persians came, and now the Greeks came, and the Greeks were toppled down by the Romans. There was no kingdom that will forever reign. But here, your son's kingdom will reign forever. Now, that is so much for Mary's brain to handle. That's so much. All right? And so, look at verse 34. She said something. How will this be, Mary asked. The angel, since I am, what? A virgin. How will this be? How will this be? Now, that leads us to the second point, friends. So, aside from soul-searching with God's Word, we need to seek for God's answer. When you are going through some dilemmas in life, never hesitate to ask God. Alright? 
Mary questioned God, but question, is this questioning faithlessness just like the question asked by Zechariah? No, because here Gabriel did not correct Mary, did not correct Mary. Gabriel did not, you know, uh, call for her to, do, to, to repent or something. No, she was simply seeking for answers. And I think that's important for us to take note. Whenever we are confronted, whenever we are interrupted with such problems and dilemmas, never hesitate to seek God's answer. See? Sometimes we think that, you know, it's wrong to question God. It's wrong to say, why God? Why me? No, it's not. As long as the questioning is not about unbelief or doubt. Mary was just trying to understand, Lord, I know all things are possible with you, but she was more focused on herself. How can I do this? See? I'm, I'm still a virgin. You know, how can I be a mother? Right? So, seek for God's answers. Many people think that when God changes our plans, our job is just to stoically accept the plan. That's all. When you say stoically, it means you just accept it without any you know, struggle. No. We soul search about it. We seek God's explanation. That's why we have to search the Scripture. That's why God has given us His Word. Because in His Word, He gives us explanations. Amen? God's plans are for our good. But sometimes, we don't immediately see the good, right? When we see God's plan coming, sometimes we're terrified because of what? Because sometimes God's plans are packaged in a different way. It's packaged in a way that we don't want. But we, you have to seek God's explanation. Lord, how shall this be? And you know, the angel was quick to give Mary the explanation that she needed. The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come on you, Mary. If you're terrified, Mary, how will this be? If you're terrified because this would cause some scandal, don't you worry because this is not, that's not your job, Mary. That's the Holy Spirit's job. It's the Holy Spirit that will come on you and the power of the Most High will what? Will overshadow you. Now, that word is very important, overshadow. Why is that necessary? You need to understand she is going to conceive and give birth to the Son of God, Holy. Alright, Jesus, sinless one. But you know, human, we are all sinners. Right? Human nature is sinful. All of us, those who came from Adam, are sinful. So the question here is, how is it possible that you are going to give birth to the Son of God who is holy when you are not? Alright? Now that's the question. Alright? Now of course, the church during the time, they tried to come up with an answer. <laughs> and what was the answer of the church during the time? Immaculate conception. <laughs> okay? The dogma of the immaculate conception. Now, what is, what is the feast of the Immaculate Conception? Anybody? Is it December? December 8th, right? 
Yeah, Immaculate Conception. Now, let me explain to you what is Immaculate Conception. If you ask me, do you believe in Immaculate Conception? Well, I don't believe it because it is not the way taught in the Scripture. Alright, I'm sorry. Okay, Immaculate Conception, it, that dogma was made, was created, not for Mary, but to protect the divinity of Christ. Because during that time, in the 3rd and 4th century, there were false teachings. There were people attacking the divinity of Christ. They were saying, Jesus could not be sinless because He came from a woman. And woman, you know, anyone came coming from a woman, according to the Scripture, is a sinner. Alright? So, how can Jesus be God? How could He... So that's the question. People at the time, the critics of Christianity were attacking the doctrine of Christ because they say if, if He came from a woman, surely the sin affected Him. And so, the, the, of course, during that time, the church wanted to, you know, to protect the divinity of Christ, but in a wrong way by making a dogma, which is immaculate conception. What is immaculate conception? That Mary was conceived by her mother without sin. So in other words, they explain, Mary had no sin. So therefore, the baby that she will carry will also not have sin. But the question is, how will that end? So if she is sala, so therefore, wala po sala si Anna. And so wala sala si mother ni Mary si Anna. So wala po See, it doesn't end. If you fabricate something, it's not in the Bible. But you don't have to do that. Why? Because this word explains. That's the question of Mary. How can that be? The angel answered. It's the Holy Spirit. He will come to you, overshadow you. The overshadowing there is the miraculous way of the Spirit to make sure that the overshadowing will not affect the original sin that comes from Mary going to the baby, the infant Jesus. See? You don't need an immaculate conception to produce a holy son of God because the Bible, God already solved that. We don't need, God doesn't need human's help. Amen? God solved it. And that was the very thing of Mary. See? How can this be? See? And you know what? So we say, Pastor, that Mary sinned? Of course. <laughs> because she's human. She also came from a woman. Alright? And how do you know that, Pastor? Go to the text again. Go to Luke. If you go farther after the Annunciation, what's the next portion in the Gospel of Luke that talks about Mary? The Magnificat. You know what is the Magnificat? The Song of Mary. And the Song of Mary says, if I'm going to read it for us, look at Luke chapter 1. Go to your Bible now. Luke chapter 1, chapter 1, verse 46. This is the Magnificat. And Mary said, and this is Mary's song, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God. Notice the next word, my Savior. For He has been mindful of the humble state of His servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. And it's true. But Mary acknowledged that she needs a Savior. Friends, sinners need a Savior. I'm not saying that Mary was a sinful woman, but she is not also a sinless one. 
just like all of us. Okay? She needs a Savior. And the Savior was in her womb. When she said, My soul glorifies the Lord, my Savior. Mary was told by the angel, Mary, your own Savior, was, is about to be in your womb. Amen? Seek God's answer. See? You don't have to fabricate your own answer because the Bible already gives us the answer. Amen? That's why we say sola scriptura. Scripture alone. Alright? So the Holy One, notice what happened. When the Holy Spirit overshadows Mary's womb, what will happen? So, notice that. As a result, the Holy One to be born will be called Son of God. You see? You don't need a Mary that is sinless for the Holy One to come. You only need the Holy Spirit to work among us. See? It is, it's the same process, you know, the incarnation is the same process as the inspiration of Scripture. Who wrote the Bible, you say? Men, men who are sinners. But why can we say that the Bible is holy when they were written by sinful or sinners like us? The same process because it was the Holy Spirit who gave the revelation to men. So same thing. God used men to produce the Bible, the Holy Spirit. And so the result, Holy Scripture. The same process. God used Mary, just like us, ordinary human being. Work of the Holy Spirit, the result, the Holy Son of God. Same process. It's the work of the Holy Spirit, not the work of men. So even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. You know? She who has been called barren or unable to conceive is in her sixth month. That is, look at your cousin. See? She's barren. She's already age. She could not biologically produce. But the angel said, look at her. She's pregnant. And, and that is simply an example. It's like Gabriel saying, See, I'm telling you this because that's not going to be your work, Mary. It's the work of the Holy Spirit. You know? Just say yes. Alright? For no word from God will ever fail. You know? In some other translation it says, For nothing will be impossible with God. But this is the literal sense of that verse. No word from God will ever fail. In other words, what I'm telling you, Mary, the very word of God, it will never fail because the word of God is as accurate as God himself. Amen? The Bible is as accurate. It is the holy word of God. And the angel says, no word of God will ever fail. So you can soul search over it. You can seek answers from it. Because it's the word of God. Now, notice the reply of Mary as we come to the third point. Submit to God's plan. Submit to God's plan. Now, how is Mary going to accept all this? Notice the last phrase, verse 38. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. 
Friends, that's the most profound words of Mary ever recorded in the Scripture. If there's one thing that we should honor about Mary, it is her submission to the plan of God. Be it to me according to your word. I am just a servant. That's what Mary said. You know, Mary was not asking, uh, yes, I'm okay, but I have some checklists. Now I feel health. Now I maternity leave. <laughs> All right? Do you have this hospitalization? Do I have free prenatal with the best obigaini in Israel? No, no questions asked. See? Let it be to me according to your word. Friends, those words of Mary were, are so powerful. And we need to have the same spirit. Amen? When God asks us, when God would interrupt our plans, when God shows us, you know, His plans, we should have the same response of Mary. I am just your servant, Lord. Be it to me according to your word. Three things about it. It means what? Full acceptance of God's plan. Full acceptance. No, no questions. No negotiations. Yes, I'll do this, but no. There's nothing. It was just full acceptance of God's plans. Friends, we need to allow God's plans to supersede our own plans. I tell you, we all make plans, all right? If you're a good Christian, if you're a good leader, you should make plans. In fact, planning helps you not to fail. But if you fail to plan, you're actually planning to fail. <laughs> See? So we have to make plans. But when God intercedes, when God interrupts our plans, we should be willing to fully accept God's plans. And not just full acceptance of God's plans. It was complete compliance to God at all costs. When Mary said, let it be to me according to your word, Mary was just saying, not my will, but your will be done. Alright? Not my will, but your will be done. It is something like, if you remember, you know, later on in the text, in the rest of the Gospels, you find there uh, Peter. You know, Peter was a fisherman. Jesus was there, alright, preaching. And then they caught nothing. And so J Jesus told Peter, Peter, can you go a few more yards and you will get fish? Now, of course, Peter was a professional fisherman. And Jesus, the one who's telling him to go farther, was just a carpenter. So in the mind of Peter, a carpenter instructing a fisherman. Okay? So he was Lord, we've been there for the whole evening. Alright? But you know what Peter said? But because you say so, I will. And then the miracle happened. Can you see that? Because you say so, Lord. Friends, that's the same thing. Sometimes God would ask us to do something beyond us, beyond our comprehension, beyond what we can do. And we say, Lord, it's so easy for us. It's so quick for us to mention all the negatives. You know? I can do this because, because of this, because of this. But let's have the spirit of Mary. Let it be to me according to your word, Lord. See? Compliance to God at all costs. The same as what Peter said. 
Lord, we've been here. I'm a professional fisherman. I know this place very well. But because you say so, I will do it. Can we have the same compliance, brethren? Obedience. All right? Complete compliance. And then the, the next one, total, total dependence on God. You just have Mary doesn't have to do anything except to depend on God every single moment of her life. Even to the point of being pierced with a sword in her heart according to Simeon. Total dependence. That's what it means, brethren, to say, Lord, be it to me according to your word. Brethren, in this Christmas season, people need to know about Jesus. And it's not true that only Mary is the bearer of Jesus. Because of God's great commission to go and make disciples, you and I can become like Mary. <laughs> we don't have to carry Jesus in our womb. We just have to carry Him in our hearts. Alright? God needs Marys today who will carry Jesus and bring Jesus to other people. And it is my prayer, it is my desire, it is my wish that we have the same answer as Mary. And I want us to say this together prayerfully. When God calls us to bring His Son to the world, to share Him to the world, let this be our answer together. I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, Lord, that in this first Sunday of the Advent, we can reflect on this woman that you have chosen to be the bearer, the carrier of your son. Thank you for Mary's life. And it is our prayer that we focus on the example that Mary has taught us through the Holy Spirit to be submissive to your will, to be committed to your plans. Lord, sometimes it may be difficult. Even sometimes, Lord, we resist. But help us, Lord, to have the same reliance on you, the same complete compliance and total dependence because your word will never fail. What you said, you will do. What you plan, it will be accomplished. What you will, it will be fulfilled. For nothing, Lord, can ever fail your plans. Help us, Lord, to submit our lives to your plans. And just like Mary, help us to truly say, let it be according to your word. In Jesus' name, amen.